You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. Time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Seeking Excellence Podcast. Excited to be with you today. Hopefully, you've listened to my episode from yesterday where I talked through the nonprofit versus self-fundraising model. There's, you know, there's a lot more to say about it. I probably have to do a follow-up episode on that because I got a lot of feedback, a lot of comments, and I just realized afterwards, even though I did an hour and 10 minutes, there's still some things that I missed and some stuff I want to hit on. So um, yeah, definitely need to touch on that. Uh, and, and kind of revisit that someday. Maybe I'll write about it. I don't know. But uh, more more social media content, that could be a solution as well. But we'll see where I end up going. But today, today we are going to talk about uh, being a hero. We're going to talk about being a hero today. And this this comes from something that I've just been reflecting on this week. And this is what I want to use this this Friday uh, live stream, or oh, Thursday live stream, Friday podcast Four. So if you're on locals, you get to um, access this on Thursdays because I'm going to be live streaming on Thursdays. Um, and this time is going to be mainly used for a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration, things like that. Uh, and also just as a time to kind of voice out and, and work through some of the things that I've been thinking about throughout the week that I often, you know, want to podcast about, but don't have a ton of time to dive deeper into, but want to at least be thinking about. Um, and uh, being able to share, you know, some of these ideas and things that I have, because I think that they're, they're good and and worth sharing. And so today we're going to start with, um, a little bit of a story, something I've been thinking about, uh, this week. So, um, I, I, I find it really interesting that a lot of people, a lot of parents and oftentimes fathers, when they're talking to their sons or daughters, but especially their sons, when you think about something like a situation with like an active shooter or an act of violence, somebody getting robbed or mugged, a lot of times you have uh, parents who will tell their kids, don't be a hero. Don't do anything. Don't try to step up. Don't intervene. Anything like that, right? And there's obviously some logic to that. There's definitely a, an easy way to understand where they're coming from at a minimum. To say, okay, you know, you care about your son or daughter. You want them to live. You don't want them to get hurt. Um, and there's times where you can be reckless, right? Courage, if you remember, is 
the virtue is in the mean. And so you can be rash on one end where you're making bad decisions, where you're just putting yourself in unnecessary risk or dangers. And then you can be cowardly on the other end. And one thing that I think has happened is I think we've been convinced to be cowards. And I was just kind of thinking about this because I think it was a lot of times from our parents' generation or um, even kind of before, before that, where you had people who were convincing people to be cowards. And it's just amazing to me. I think we've had this huge shift societally that has happened not just amongst the progressives, not just amongst um, non-religious people, but even amongst conservative Catholics, where the idea of doing something heroic, um, parents have just convinced you to not do it, right? And that looks so many different ways for so many different people. Sometimes it could be something crazy like an attack. But a lot of times it could be just simple things like risking your job for your, your principles, standing up for what you believe in, stating what you believe in, ruffling some feathers to state the truth, right? Just being dangerous in that way. Um, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson, G.K. Chesterton, a lot of those guys, C.S. Lewis, like they, they talk about the, the aspect of masculine danger, of being dangerous as a man through your words, right? Having the ability to express yourself, whether that's written word, verbally, but how when you're intellectually equipped, you are dangerous, right? When you have ideas that challenge the status quo in convincing and well-formed ways, you become dangerous, right? To the enemies of truth, the enemies of goodness, the enemies of beauty. And that's something we're called to do, but we're also called as men to be dangerous physically, right? We're called to be heroes. We're, and I think that that's something that is so natural in us that I want to just kind of walk through history because this is something that I think kind of feeds into this of why this has kind of been uh, discouraged for so many of us. And I'll share some examples of that. But I was just kind of thinking of there's there's kind of this gap in generations. And I know you've heard this the, the tale before, the old adage, if you will, that says strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times, and bad times create strong men. And I think that that's very true. And I think we saw that in the last 100 years. So we had the bad times of World War II, of both world war, world wars. That, yeah, I don't know. I need like a speech therapist or something. Both world wars. Um, but think about World War II specifically. So we know during that time period that a lot of young men, a lot of boys were lying about their age, 15, 16 years old. Lying, saying they were 18 so that they could go to war. Why? Because they wanted to be heroes. There's something natural in the masculine spirit that wants to do dangerous things, that wants to be a, a hero, wants to save other people, wants to be willing, wants to have an opportunity to test himself, wants to have an opportunity to lay down his life for something bigger than him, to be committed and joined to something bigger than him. And so you saw this in World War II. Fast forward, you know, 20, 30 years, and we have Vietnam and Korea. Now, during the Vietnam War, and this isn't to, I'm not going to get into a debate because this is a political debate we could have about uh, whether or not we should have been in Vietnam, whether or not we should have been in Korea, whether or not we should have been in Iraq. There's, there's lots to go there, and I don't want to talk about that. I only want to talk about answering the call when your nation calls. And there's obviously logical reasons to say, oh, we shouldn't do this because it's a bad war, it's an unjust war, or whatever. But just want to talk about just kind of the, the societal approach. 
So in you fast forward 20, 30 years to the Vietnam War. Now, this time around, you have draft dodgers. You have men who are saying, no, I will not go to war for our country. No, I will not go to war to free the people of Vietnam from the communist rule that's ruining their lives. And again, you can have foreign policy debate of whether or not we should have gone. But I think that that massive switch is key to what happened to masculinity over the last 80 years. So you go from World War II, where men are lying and eager to go, dropping everything they have to go fight in the war. And then you have uh, Vietnam. And obviously, yeah, you account for some of the differences because of the geopolitical differences, because of the foreign policy differences, because of the national defense differences, for sure. But I just think that there was a difference in the mindset of the men who were raised by the World War II guys, that somehow they became the Vietnam guys. And I think the Vietnam generation, either that were draft dodging themselves or were raised, even worse, I think were raised by the men who were draft dodging or just raised in that climate. I think it really made a shift in uh, masculinity in our country. And I think it led to this idea that like, hey, if something goes down, don't be a hero. Don't lay down your life for these things. And then a lot of us still were not willing to accept that. And you saw that because of how eagerly we responded to 9-11. And so that's what a lot of our generation saw. But I still think we're raised by, and we have a lot of fathers in our generation, um, our father's generation, that preach the don't be a hero mindset. Um, So there's kind of this, this tension around it, right? Of, well, I want to do that. And I just remember even in my own life being discouraged by family members or friends when I said, yeah, I want to join the army. Yeah. Everybody who joins the army, most of them want to go to war, at least if you join the infantry, not if you join, you know, as a mechanic necessarily or a cafeteria worker. But if you're joining the infantry or some combat arms, like you want to go to war. Why? Because it's written on men's hearts to want to test themselves, to want to battle for something good, to want to fight for something good, to want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Do you see this even? Where male father figures are often absent in inner cities and in gang culture, that that comes about, right? It naturally comes about, even without fathers, even without something really good to fight for. These these boys and these men in the inner cities that that join gangs, that join cartels in South America, that join the mafia, whatever, they have this desire to be approved by other men. They have this desire to be a part of something bigger than themselves this desire to be dangerous, this desire to to prove themselves, to test themselves. And I think it's really sad that we stopped giving men the opportunity to do that. And we started encouraging them to do the opposite, to to not take initiative, to not be dangerous, to not uh, test themselves or prove themselves. But instead, we started this kind of self-esteem generation where we just told people that they were good. And we, we, we swung the pendulum, I think, just too far back in the other direction, where we said, you know, we went from being too harsh on men, if you will. That's what some people claimed. Um, men didn't have emotions. Boys couldn't cry, all this kind of stuff. To now we just like tell all these boys, like, you're good to go. Like, you're set. You are good where you are. And um, you should love yourself. And you're awesome and all this stuff. And if you're a man, I remember feeling this way. Uh, I'm curious, other men out there, if you felt this way. I remember feeling like, but how do you know? Right. Like, but how do, how do I know? 
Because for us, it's not just an emotional thing. Like men have to look at their resume, right? Like if I'm going to feel good about what I've done, if I'm going to feel good about who I am, I have to have done something, right? This is why we like to build things. We like to see the shit that we made and be like, this is good. This is, uh, I, I did that, you know? Like that's where we take pride in, not just in our ability to love or ability to see other people. Those things are good, but they're feminine. Men want to look and see, I accomplished something. And so if you're watching, you know, the live stream or if you watch this video on YouTube, whatever, over my shoulder, you see, obviously, I have the flag. But I also have this uh, plaque that house, you know, that that keeps my um, photo from my range school graduation class and has my uh, diploma. And I'm I'm moved anytime I like take a moment to actually look at that. Because it was such a big day in my life. Because I remember um, reading Killing Lions by John Eldridge, who is the author of Wild at Heart. And he talks about how young men in Africa, there's certain African tribes where you have to kill a lion with like a spear or some type of tool that you create, some type of weapon you create in order to be a man, in order to be able to marry, in order to be able to do these things. Now that's huge. But imagine the confidence you have once you've killed a lion. I think we've removed anything like that from American life. And furthermore, we have a lot of parents who tell us, even fathers, which I think is very detrimental, that tell us like, no, don't do that. No, don't go join the military. No, don't be a police officer. Don't do all these things that are, are dangerous or risky. But we're, we're creating castrated men by doing so. And... I think this this even ties in. I just I just read a, a comment on Instagram from um, this uh, real estate agent that I know, I mean loosely know, but he talked about how he felt guilty not becoming a missionary after college and going to pursue something that was for profit. Business ventures can be a part of this, right? Like I think of the founding story of Hallow. It's a beautiful story. These guys quit their jobs. They put all their money into this just taking a risk, right? Like that's sure. It's not as, it's not as crazy as, as you know, Christopher Columbus sailing the ocean, but it's, it's a small version of that, right? It's a small version of the American revolution where they pledge their, their life, their, uh, their fortunes and their sacred honor to one another to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to give this a go and we'll see what happens. And we have each other and we're going to fight our hardest and I can trust you and I believe in you, and I want you to be able to believe in me and trust in me. And there's something beautiful about that. There's something dangerous to that. And I think we have to start to encourage people and to encourage men to be the hero again. We have to start freeing men up to do dangerous things. And not just to to do, obviously, I know a lot of guys who are kind of secular that just pursue endless adventure. That's, I mean, that could be a part of it that can feed you a masculine spirit but it has to be channeled into something that's actually good channeled into something that's actually pursuing your vocation. That's actually pursuing sainthood and holiness. And I think this is why we see this revival of like jujitsu and things like that, right? Because it takes courage to roll with somebody. It takes courage to fight someone obviously. Right. But men, we have to start to understand our roles in the world and stop believing these feminist lies that, um, if the world's going to be saved, it's going to be saved by a woman. I remember watching the debate Wednesday night and uh, Nikki Haley's line, right? Because you can't be a woman in politics and not have some feminist 
aspect to you. Unfortunately, it's just how it seems. I'm sure you could, but most of them do have some type of feminism they're going to promote. And of course, she has some men bashing line that it gets a huge applause from women where she said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Men, stop believing that bullshit. You have to stop believing it. And women, you have to stop believing it as well. Because if we're going to win things back, if we're going to have these hard conversations about Catholic nonprofits or or uh, stay-at-home dads or um, evangelizing or ways we can improve promoting traditional Catholicism or ways we can better evangelize or ways that we can be better stewards of our money, ways that we can have better marriages, ways that we can raise better kids, men have to step up and be involved in that. You have to be the ones that are willing to say the things that might offend some people, might hurt some feelings, but are still good to say, still good conversations to have. And you have to do it like a gentleman. You know, you have to do it in a way that's hopefully going to inspire people or encourage people to rethink their position that's going to win people over and going to convey some serious truth that might be hard to accept or hard to embrace or hard to hear. This is how we go about becoming dangerous. This means you you exercise, you take care of your body, you work out so that you can be an imposing figure, so that you can be somebody that deters violence, so that you can be somebody that your wife and your children feel protected by. This is why we do these things, right? We want to encourage mental toughness amongst our men so that we can push ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, so that we can have spiritually, so we can have resilience during difficult times. And when we go through difficult times and we, we endure suffering well, that is how you're going to feel like a better man. That is where you're going to start to come alive and start to say, hey, I made it through that time. I made it through this suffering. And if I made it through that, I bet I can make it through this. And you have things, you start to build up these wins. You start to build up this resume that you can look back and you can say, I did this. But so often we just, we neuter our men and we tell them, don't be a hero. Don't, don't, don't respond to, to, to things and don't engage in violence or, or um, anything that's dangerous or threatening. I mean, I can't tell you how many moms told me when I was joining the military, when I was in the military, getting out of it. Oh, my son would never do that. Moms, dads alike. My son, I would never let my son go do that. What the hell are you talking about? First of all, if your son is a man, you don't, you don't get to allow him or tell him what he's going to do in the first place. I don't know what kind of world we're living in where, where a grown-ass man has to go and ask his mom and dad's advice or permission for his vocation at 21 years old. It's ridiculous. And we're raising babies because we're not letting boys fail. I mean, I can't tell you how many helicopter moms are there, for, especially for boys. Boys are already being failed largely in the education system, in the world, right? They're falling further and further behind. And we're promoting this women-run world that makes men and women unhappy. And so I don't understand why we continue to neuter our boys and continue to tell them things like, don't be a hero. Because we need to be telling them stories of heroes. We need to be telling them stories of the, the boys who attacked the school shooter and died in the process and how they died a hero. About the men who stormed Normandy knowing they were going to die. About the 54th uh, Massachusetts Regiment you know, the all black soldiers in the Civil War who stormed, um, I can't remember, the uh, Fort was it Fort Sumter? I don't think so. But they stormed it knowing they were going to die. 
right? For our martyrs, St. Maximilian Colby, who laid down his life as a martyr. You don't become a martyr overnight. You dream about that as a man. You dream about that as a boy, about the opportunity to do these dangerous things, about to have the moment and the opportunity to be a hero and lay down your life for someone and to say that you would be the type of person that would actually act on it. And if you won't do it in small ways, you're not going to do it in large ways. This is, I think, so foolish. We so foolishly believe that all of us would be martyrs if it came down to it. But we're not willing to die to ourselves. We're not willing to lose a couple of friends. We're not willing to offend some people. And this is this is what it comes down to. This is how you get silenced. And so this is going to be my setup for my Monday episode. It's going to go much deeper into all of this about having courage, about who we are, about the God we serve, and about how we can be more bold in sharing the gospel and sharing the truth and in, in seeking excellence together as a community because we have to have accountability. We have to call things out if we're going to have an excellent church. If we're going to have saints, if we're going to have a church that's actually appealing to people, then when we deal with discomfort from being asked by 15 missionaries to support them, we should talk about that. When we feel discomfort when you've supported a missionary for 15 years or 10 years or five years and, and you say you're going to stop and they're angry with you, we should call that out. We have to be fixing these things. And obviously the missionary thing, that's just the theme of the week, but there's a different theme every week because there's always different things to call out. There's always different problems. And so we have to have the courage. Go go to the uh, another side of it. Another thing that I was ranting about this week, um, Tim Gordon and many others, uh, Catholic voices and Catholic outlets praising Robert E. Lee. Why is this the hill we're going to die on? Praising the Confederacy, saying the Civil War wasn't about slavery. Why are we promoting stupid ideas? Why are we why are we encouraging this? Why does nobody ever have the balls to call him out when this happens? Because people are cowards, and we just cowtail and we and we bow down to any man who's willing to boldly say what he believes. We just accept it. We just passively accept it. It's my same complaint in the Ark and the Dub when I talked about that podcast uh, on uh, race that I was a part of. It's just when people say things and they're passionate about them and they're worked up and they're mad about them or they feel passionately or seriously about them, we just let people say whatever they want. And we're not willing to challenge people on their beliefs. Why? Because we don't want to be challenged on ours. And we're nervous and we're scared. And what will people think? And are they going to be offended? Who cares? I want to close with a little scripture. From Matthew 9. This is Matthew 9, verse 35. I have this memorized, but I'm going to read it um, word for word today because I kind of miss, I usually miss a couple words when I um, state it. But I memorized it because I think it's beautiful. I memorized it because I think it's necessary and I think it's good. And I think it's one of the themes of our, our generation is Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and infirmity. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, what I love about that is I think that the apostles the disciples, and even us today. When we hear that, there's some of us who feel, well, I want to be the labor to go out and into the harvest. And then there's some of us who say, yeah, I hope God does send out laborers into the harvest. We need to have that Isaiah response when God says, whom shall I send 
and we say, here I am, Lord, send me. We need to have that mentality. We need to have and embrace the mentality of the patriarchs of the church, the great saints of the church who had that, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to be the one to help reform the church. I want to lay down my life. I want to do whatever it is that you're calling me and you're asking me to do, no matter how dangerous, no matter how difficult, no matter how isolating, no matter how draining it might be. I want to be the one that answers the call. I want to be the one that does it. I want to be the hero. There's nothing wrong with that, especially for you men out there. There's nothing wrong with that feeling that you have that wants to be great, that wants to strive for something more, that wants to be a part of something bigger than yourself, that doesn't want to just be some average shithead walking around your life unintentionally, feeling like you're useless, following around whatever your, your mom or your wife tells you to do. There's nothing wrong with you that doesn't feel comfortable in that. There's nothing wrong with you that wants to build something, that wants to build a business, that wants to not just ask people for money, not just uh, passively go through life, but that wants to become wealthy, that wants to work hard and, and, and earn more money because you worked hard and have your, your value in the work that you're creating and the things you're producing be affirmed by the market because people are engaging with it and paying you for it. That's a good thing. It's good to want to be dangerous, to want to be physically dangerous, to want to work out. It's not vain to do that. It's good to want to be strong. It's good to want to be mentally tough. It's good to want to be educated and informed so that you're not some dumbass walking around that doesn't know why you believe what you believe that can't engage on any topic or any conversation that matters. These are good things. You need to be a hero. You need to be the one that's going to step up and be bold and challenge people that are challenging or fighting against truth, beauty, and goodness. And when we understand that, when we start to promote that, we start to tell our sons, hey, look at these guys who died for a good cause. These are the type of men you should emulate. These are the type of men you should strive to be after. Not just some nice guy, not just some soft-ass nice dude that, that just goes around being walked all over by everyone. That's not who you should emulate. And I'm not going to just train you to be nice. I want you to be kind. I want you to be generous. I want you to be loving. I want you to be gentle. But I also want you to be strong and dangerous and tough and dedicated and devoted to the truth and willing to die for what you think is right. Thank you guys for tuning in today. If you enjoy the podcast, I really encourage you to leave us a review. If you leave us a five-star review, it means a lot. It goes a long way. You can obviously join us on Locals where you can get live streams like this. My first article is going to be coming out next week. I know I keep saying that, but I finally I have 90,000 words that I haven't edited and gone through yet. But I just made a plan on how to do that. And pretty soon we'll be releasing that along with our swag packs in early September for our supporters. And so thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to going into more of this with you next week. So I hope you tune in on Monday to hear more about all this kind of theme. I have much more detail. I'm going to be organizing my thoughts a little bit more and we'll be hitting it hard on Monday. Have a great weekend. God bless you and be your best.